0: Have you ever thought you hit the button and then you didn't hit the buttons, but you're talking anyways? (sighs) Welcome to my life. But more importantly, welcome to A Nighting in Avalon. I am your host, Rebecca Thistle. The Judas Priest is in. (laughs) I don't know. I'm going to try that as a tagline on this one. Um, So in this episode, I want to talk to you about whose line is it anyway? Wait a minute, Rebecca Thistle, aren't aren't you doing a whole series on the dude in the Zen Master? Yes, yes, I am. Um but we'll get to that in a minute. So um I remember seeing an interview with uh, uh Wayne Brady. <laughs> I was I was sitting there like, I know the guy's name, why can't I remember it? 'Cause all he could think was Wayans and I'm like, he's not a Wayans brother. Anyways, Wayne Brady, I saw I saw an uh <laughs> I saw an interview with him and he, <clears throat> he called the show the Nerd Olympics. <laughs> and and I went what? <laughs> You know, the, I I have a certain fascination with with comedy and comedians and all that, and so you know, a, a lot of a lot of comedians are by nature extremely socially awkward, nerdy, if you will, um, and. It serves them well because the purpose of comedy is to step outside. There's there's a certain zen to comedy actually. It's to step outside of the human experience and observe it and laugh at it from all angles. <laughs> like that that is that is the point. And then <laughs> like there's um there's a sound that I'm uh I'm holding onto on to on a on, uh, TikTok right now, of, uh, I believe it's from History of the World, it might be from somewhere else, but it's from a Mel Brooks film, um, where, uh, it's, like, the unemployment line in, like, ancient Rome, or, you know, some shit like that, and, the uh, the bureaucrat is, like, what's your occupation, and, and, uh, Mel Brooks goes, I'm a stand-up philosopher, <laughs> and she's, like, you're a What? I distill the essence of, of the human experience into blah blah blah, and she's like, "Oh, so you're a bullshit artist?" <laughs> but um, but going back to to what Wayne Brady was saying, with uh, whose line is it anyways? Being the nerd Olympics, where it's like. Um, he then goes on to say in this interview, I forget where it was. I, I watched it on YouTube and I, I go through so many YouTube videos. I forget who posts what anyways. Um, but he talks about how often he gets asked if, you know, the cast members on whose line, uh, are, are literally trying to one up each other. And he's like, that's, that's not what we're doing. We're not trying to throw the other person off their game. What we're trying to do is elevate them. Like, I'm going to throw out this reference. I'm going to do this weird thing because I know you can roll with it. And so it's this challenge, but not in this like alpha male hur, 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 sort of way. It is a challenge in in a crossword puzzle sort of way, <laughs> but funny. Uh, so if you take nothing else from, from this particular episode, I'd like you to, to take with you that challenges don't have to be negative things. They can be positive things because challenges are not just, you know, like gladiatorial battlefields, right? Challenges are also Sudoku puzzles, crossword puzzles. Those are challenging and you know and so when i started when i started viewing my challenges in life in that light it actually it it changed a lot and you know you start shifting your perspective like oh my god why is this happening to me versus okay what's the answer here anyways so next chapter in the dude and the zen master is called new shit has come to light much like whose line improv and it and it actually starts with um, Jeff and Bernie talking about playing in a band as musicians, which is fantastic. I was never a band nerd, <laughs> I was never a band geek, I was a choir nerd all the way through college actually I mean except for junior college, there was no choir at junior college, but when I got to my four year university i i was I was I was a choir nerd because. I don't know. There was always there was always something about being in choir that that felt right to me. Hmm. Also, interesting fun fact: I I was in the bell choir when when I was a kid in uh and and we were in church. I grew up in in a Methodist church, and so there was a period of time where I was in the bell choir, and I loved it because it was fun you got to ring bells (laughs) and like the pastor's daughter would stand next to me and and she would teach me how to keep along with the music and pay attention and and she like oh my gosh she was so great she was so great i wherever you are i can't even remember your name i want to say it was christy but i don't think that's right anyways wherever you are pastor's daughter um i hope you're well Um, you're probably not listening to this, but maybe you are, who knows? Anyways, but they started talking about, um, you know, playing on stage with a band and how, you know, and, and Bernie in particular compares it to playing, like compares life and, you know, and Zen practices to playing in a jazz band, which I actually think is a a very apt metaphor. Um, I myself have never played in a jazz band. Um, because my neuro-spicy brain was always so worried about people-pleasing that, like, I shut down when all eyes turned on me and are like, so what are you doing? <laughs> like, I, I got bullied into trying to do some tabletop role-play game. And I was so terrified of saying and doing the wrong thing that I just shut down and oh they were so mad at me that's that's a whole other story um but as I get older and, and the more I, I understand my neurospicy brain it actually really helps me to go you know what this is what it is I'm gonna say some fucked up shit and all I can do is own it <laughs> <laughs> I am going to point out the elephant in the room <laughs> i am going to be honest when somebody asks me how i'm doing oh <laughs> uh, by the way in, in my favorite answer to the, the question how are you doing my favorite answer to give is well they're not shoveling dirt on my body so you know <laughs> or the other one is um i can't complain well i can complain but i choose not to complain because because that that's an honest answer. Because people don't want to hear your problems. But they don't mind knowing that you have them as long as you don't tell them. <laughs> so if you say, I can't complain, fulfills the I don't want to hear about your problems, then you add, Well, I can complain Let's you be at least honest that life isn't easy but then that's followed up with but I choose not to and then we're back to oh good you're not going to tell me what's going on <laughs> oh neurotypical people amuse me they didn't used to but they but they do now sometimes they infuriate me but you know that theory lasts very 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 little anyways what were we talking about? Oh yes, jazz. <laughs> where, where was it that I heard that that uh life is like a jazz performance where it goes on for too long and it's really annoying and right at the point where you go, "Oh, I get it. It's over." Yeah actually this is a very apt metaphor, but um, in, in Bernie's case, when you're performing as a jazz musician, especially if you're sort of doing like freestyle jazz, you, you have to play off of what other people are doing with their, with their instruments. And, you know, and, you know, if you sit there and you're rigid and like, no, I will not, you know, the, your performance is, is not going to, is not going to it's going to suck. It's not going to be great. There we go. I was going to say, it's not going to suck. It's going to be great. No, 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 no. no. That is not true. (laughs) But from, from the outside, however, if you're rolling with things, um, it's great. Um, many, many years ago, (laughs) my favorite band was, uh, Hanson. And back in in the year 2000, shortly after we had all figured out that we were not going to die, because it was Y2K, <laughs> anyways, um, I think I gotta take a drink of coffee here. No, no, Becca, don't drink more coffee, you're already talking too much. Anyway, so back in, in the year 2000, after we had all figured out that we weren't going to die, Hanson was promoting their sophomore album called This Time Around. So very underrated, in my humble opinion. Uh, but one of the ways that they were promoting this was they uh, filmed a performance at the Fillmore Theater in San Francisco. And uh, and they put it on DirecTV. And I believe it was a free view, because I remember watching it over and over and over again, because I loved Hanson. Particularly, I loved Zach. <laughs> but, but, like, Taylor, at that point, had, you know, sort of layered his hair, and so there was a sort of, like, <laughs> with with that haircut. And, uh, anyways, not the point, not the point, not the point. But I remember watching the free view uh of that film performance over and over and over again throughout that summer at my dad's house because he had direct TV. And um and I remember there distinctly being some moments that were mistakes. I remember particularly uh there was one point during the song Runaway Run where Isaac started singing the wrong lyrics. I I mean he recovered really quickly. It was great. <laughs> but he sang the wrong lyrics. And you know and all that. And, uh, and 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 there was everything I mean not everything wrong with it. It was a really great performance. Amazing stuff. Like I said, I I feel like that's one of their most underrated albums. Um or I feel like that album was highly underrated and and I feel like they uh they were casualties in corporate mergers but that's that's another topic for another podcast I don't want to get into that anyways um but there were distinct mistakes and there was something charming about that because it humanized them. And I remember when the DVD version of that performance came out, of course I bought it because I love Hanson or I loved Hanson. (laughs) This time around still ranks as one of my favorite albums. It's, it's, it's comfort music for me anyways. Um, but, uh, they had edited out some of those mistakes and it pissed me the fuck off, because I was like, but those mistakes were amazing. <laughs> like, it, you know, it, it was part of the charm. And then, uh, before the DVD release, but, you know, after the, you know, DirecTV, you know, promotional stuff, I, uh, I actually got to see them live in concert, I believe. They were my first real concert. So I cannot think of ever going to a concert before that. But they were my first real concert. They were performing at the Tabernacle in Atlanta, Georgia, and I went and I cannot tell you a single mistake that they made on stage. I cannot tell you anything that that felt off kilter you know i'm I'm sure one of them at some point sang a little off key I'm sure at, at one point um one of them played a sour note, um, I, I I can guarantee you it was not a flawless performance, but as someone in the audience, in the auditorium, (coughs) well, uh, the tabernacle, it's not really an auditorium, I mean, it kind of is, it used to be a church, but then they pulled out all the, all the pews, and so it's just basically like a mosh pit in front of the stage, it was wonderful, anyways, (coughs) But from my vantage point in the audience, n- as far as I can tell, nobody noticed. My mother's husband, who went with me to the show, like, always had something negative to say. He's like, yeah, they're, uh, they're not great live. Like they're, like, they're great performing, but, like, they're not great in, you know, when they talk And I was like, oh my god, are you serious? Alright. <laughs> Anyways, the point being is that so often we get focused on making who we perceive our bandmates to be happy. Our, our, our cast members, our fellow cast members, we get so focused on people-pleasing that we forget to just... Go with the flow. And I'm there. I'm there. Like I said, like my neural brain shuts down when it's put on the spot. Because it is so worried about making everybody happy. I'm um, starting to wonder if if maybe it would behoove me to try doing, you know, joining like a, a dungeon and Dungeons and Dragons uh, or some other tabletop RPG group locally um, where I am. Now that I'm further along in my journey, you know, because where I was almost four years ago when I got badgered into sitting down and doing this tabletop RPG thing, um, like who I was four years ago is not who I am now, and so I wonder how how much of a difference that four years and also kind of that, that environment might be because sometimes you're going to be on stage, metaphorically speaking, with people who aren't going to get mad at you because you're not playing the right notes or you're not, you know, playing at the right volume or the right tempo or whatever, or they're going to get mad at you for doing that when they're not doing that because, you know, redirect anger at you for doing the right thing to try and cover the fact that they're not doing the right thing but what is the right thing the right thing is the thing that maintains the harmony that makes the audience happy well who's the audience i'd argue that it's the universe (laughs) i had this vision many many years ago of um I you know and, I, and when I say this vision, I think it was just some like random daydream that I had um I don't, I don't know if this is how it would actually work, but I had this random vision daydream whatever of um uh, God watching the world through um like a snow globe, you know, watching the universe through a through a snow globe and you know and and uh and God had a mohawk <laughs> <laughs> God had a pink mohawk and a leather jacket. Looked like a punk from the 80s. But, uh, yeah. That's that's who I I argue the audience would be. You know, and at the end of the day, does the audience see individual, see and judge individual quote-unquote fuck-ups? Or does the audience see the quote-unquote Fuck ups with a recovery, <laughs> a cover, if you will, that, uh, you know, almost makes it seem like it was intentional. You know? I don't know. I don't know. I'm just spitballing here, man. <laughs> but the overall point of this chapter and consequently this, this podcast is that when new shit comes to light, you have to work with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like to, to go to the big Lebowski, um, you know, the dude starts out on this, like, all right, you know, let's see what this is all about, and you know, of course, he initially takes the disappearance of Bunny lebowski as um at face at at face value that she's been kidnapped and is being held for ransom, and then he sort of like I sort of sits back and he and he looks at the evidence and he sort of ponders it, and he's like, "You know what? I think it's possible." that, uh, she might have kidnapped herself. Of course, Walter latches onto that idea, but the dude proceeds, you know, says, okay, this may be what's going on, but I'm still gonna do what I gotta do, you know? <laughs> Which is to do the drop-off. Um, funny how when you let Walter ride along, things fuck up a lot. Anyways, God bless Walter. Um... But then, uh, you know, then new shit comes to light and one thing leads to another and we finally get to, you know, throwing a ringer for the ringer. So yeah, that's kind of, that's, that's life. You take it one episode at a time. Um, just like this, this book, I'm taking one chapter at a time, one episode of the podcast at a time. And when you get new information, you go, oh, okay, well, I'm going to have to adjust to that. And, you know, and and it's, it's, (laughs) it's a trip, man. It's a trip. Um, I, I actually, I find the uh, metaphor of, um, improv comedy or theater performance a lot more relatable for my brain. Uh, probably because I am an unrealized theater kid. (gasps) um, because, you know, shit goes wrong on stage. I I was in one act play when I was in high school and, um, we had shit go wrong in nearly every single performance. I don't think we had a single performance go smoothly and we just went with it. You know, we just went with it. We were like, okay, cool. This is what we're doing so that 's what it is when new shit comes to light and and the other the other thing about doing that one x play performance when I was in high school is we had to adapt to whatever stage we were on, so part of why i 'm an unrealized theater kid is because my high school didn 't have a great theater program. <laughs> we had a theater class that was taught by the art teacher. And I love that teacher. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I, I'm not talking any, anything bad about her. She made my high school experience delightful. Her and my choir director. Um, but our stage was in what we called the old gym. We had an old gym and a new gym. which tells you the priorities of our school and school district because in the old gym you had the stage with the curtains and backstage area and all that and so the acoustics were different in in there and you had to you had to work with that in in certain ways you know the lighting system worked a certain way there and, um, you know, and it was, it was small and it was rudimentary and it was easy. And we did, I think we did like two or three performances there at, at the school that year. But then we went to the actual UIL competition and, um, and in preparation for that UIL competition, we actually went to a, a nearby school in the same district that actually had a theater (laughs) and so we had to adapt to that for not not really for a performance but for a few rehearsals and then we had to go out to this town in bfe nowhere called pecos (laughs) and we had to adapt to their lighting system their auditorium their stage setup all that stuff, and then we had to take it to another school, and and another school, and another, you know, and, it, and I mean, it wasn't a lot, a lot, but we had to learn how to make sure that our sets, and our plans for lighting, all of them came together, and were portable, and malleable, I guess? they flowed with, you know, into what, you know, know, much like water, like, it can fit into any container you put it in, no matter how weird the container is shaped, and I, and I think that is the goal of Zen Buddhism, of Taoism, of Judaism, of abidance in general, if you will, is just to be like, is, is to be like water, actually, I think, um, I think there's a line in the Tao Te Ching about, you know, being like water. And it's that that being able to adapt and not being rigid in in your actions and in your thoughts. Um, This feels a weird person to reference in this, but Simon Whistler... (laughs) Uh, Simon Whistler over on YouTube. If you don't know who he is, like, do you use YouTube? <laughs> he hosts like a bunch of channels. Um, you know, infotainment, entertainment, however you want to put it. Um, you know, today I found out top tens, um, biographics, geographics, warographics, <laughs> casual criminalist, <laughs> brainblaze. Like he's got so many. I I lose count all the time. Mega projects, side projects. Anyways. Um, in Brain Blaze in particular, it's a much more casual format, and and as as is Casual Criminalist, hence the word casual. And so what he'll do is he'll cold read a script, and particularly in Casual Criminalist, he'll be reading you know through a script about you know police investigating a crime, and you know, and he'll get like really frustrated because new information will come to light. And the police will be like, oh, no, that doesn't matter because we've already decided that we know what's going on here. And he will always pause at, you know, at that point in the story. <laughs> it happens a lot in a lot of scripts. And and he'll say, no, you've got to be willing to change your mind. When new information comes to light, you've got to be willing to change your mind. You've got to be willing to say, oh, okay, that's cool. You know, and it's, it's so interesting to me to, to see people, you know, getting mad at scientists because they're like, well, they can't make up their minds. No, they're not meant to. They're meant to say, this is what we think now. We're doing more experiment, <clears throat> excuse me, experiments, and we're doing more studies. And when new information comes to light, we will share it with you because that's how science works. And so that's, that's, that's why I get really frustrated with people who think that there can't be an intersection of science and spirituality because spirituality is a science. It is being able to say, okay, this was my experience here and here's what happened. Let me, let me work some more. Because if you get set in a rigid way, you're going to be more miserable than you're going to be happy. You got to let that new information come to light, man. (laughs) Otherwise, you're going to be miserable. You're going to be angry all the time. You're going to be Walter, you know, pulling his piece out on the lanes just because somebody put a little toe over the line. You know, so this is the league game. This is not Vietnam. (laughs) Am I the only one that cares about the rules, you know? Sometimes rules have to, by definition, Evolve you know actually uh, from an american perspective um thomas jefferson actually proposed that we re-wi- rewrite the constitution every 20 years because society changes over time and you've you've got to be able to adapt your system of governance to how society changes how technology changes and technology will change society so, while I have many disagreements with Thomas Jefferson, on that point, we are one. <laughs> but but anyways, that's that 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 was the bulk of of this chapter is just learn how to flow, and 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 I, and I and I want to be clear. I know it's not easy, <laughs> especially because. Um, if you're listening to this, there's 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 a n- non-zero <laughs> chance. <laughs> there is a non-zero chance that you may be some flavor of neurodivergent, and flowing isn't always easy. You know, I th- I think about like Sheldon Cooper. I think about um, I think about you know people that I I know who need that consistency in order to feel. At peace. And I get it. I really do. Like having that routine, it's so comforting. It's so wonderful. It really is. I wish my ADHD brain would let me have that routine. <laughs> um, I, I'm not officially diagnosed as being on the autism spectrum, but I'm starting to like wonder if I might be somewhere on there. But because I really do like routines. I really do like consistency. <laughs> And, you know and I, I and I mean that's not the only reason I think it might be on the spectrum, but um anyways, I really do love it, but my a d h d brain doesn't <laughs> it's like <laughs> there, there, there's there's uh there's actually a part in this chapter where um where Jeff talks about like throwing people off their game you know, when they're being too rigid and too uptight, or, you know, they're, they're not loosening up into their characters, or whatever, you know, he'll just, like, randomly scream something, or do a somersault across the stage, or, you know, whatever the case may be, just so that people go, oh, shit, anything can happen, like, this is not always going to be exactly like this, and that's kind of how my ADHD brain is, (laughs) where it's like, we've been doing the same thing for too long, we've got to do something different, (laughs) And it's one of the reasons that I I I have so much fun in the um my soundtrack station on uh, Amazon music is because I never know what's gonna pop up there. And um it makes my brain happy. You know, sometimes it's you know sometimes it's it's psychedelic rock from the nineteen sixties, sometimes it's you know, um classic musicals like My Fair Lady or, you know, Camelot or something. Um, Sometimes it's more modern musicals, like uh, Something Rotten. (laughs) But I never know what to expect with that. But that's, that's the thing is, is while consistency is very comforting and has a purpose, we also have to be willing to allow ourselves to roll with what's actually going on. And I think, I think really the only way to learn how to do that is to, to do it, you know, to say, okay, well, um, this is what we're doing today <laughs> to, to, you know, to let that chaos take you and, you know, and, and what is it, um, there, I've seen a couple of different shows that have done this, like, I don't know, maybe it was just Grace and Frankie, but I think there was another one that did it, um, where they talk about the, uh, yes night, where you say yes to everything, like, yes to every new experience, like, hey, you want to go watch this improv group? Yes, let's go do it. Hey, do you want to go eat at this Thai restaurant? Yes, let's go do it. You know, anything can happen Thursday, um, sort of idea, and, um, you know, and, and, and sometimes you just got to set aside one day to just like go. Um, there's a couple of creators that I've seen on TikTok, you know, spiritual creators who have said like, I'm going to have a, I'm going to have a play date with my spirit team or, you know, I, I, there's a, there's another way that they say it, but, but it's basically just sort of like, they tap in and tune into their spirit team and then they just, follow where their intuition takes them you know hey let's go to the park okay let's go to the park and you never know what experience you're gonna have and i mean you don't have to do it every single day but you know do it every once in a while just to get get yourself used to it you know kind of like when you get into a, a a swimming pool right and it's always so cold you know you sort of just dip your toe in and while everybody says, like, oh, no, the way to get adjusted to the water is to just jump in. I've never been able to do that. Thank you. I've always had to just, you know, start at the um, shallow end of the pool, you know, the kitty end of the pool. And then just slowly wade my way into deeper waters. And my body will adjust as I go. And it's kind of the same way, like, if if you find yourself... Being one of these people that needs that routine, that needs that consistency in order to not have an itchy brain, for want of a better term. Like, learning to flow just by having one day a month even, where you just say, okay, I'm not going to stick to this routine. I am just going to... I'm going to roll with with whatever happens, and it's gonna be it. It's probably gonna be extremely uncomfortable, but if you at least acknowledge that discomfort and know that it is just part of the process, I I reckon it'll it'll get better. But you know, we cannot always predict what other people are gonna say, what other people are gonna do um, we can't, you know, I mean, we can theoretically predict the weather. It's as I'm recording this right now in late February, it's, it's snowing outside. And I thought the snow wasn't going to, it wasn't supposed to start until, um, later this afternoon. Like I, I was sitting here counting on, okay, it's probably going to be snowing around about one o'clock, two o'clock or whatever. I'm going to have to keep an eye on that. And uh see about doing some shoveling maybe this afternoon. <laughs> I have my gloves this time. <laughs> but uh you know, you, you you kinda gotta flow. And I and I think a lot of times, you know, uh especially people with like chronic pain or other, you know, chronic illnesses, like we all know about spoons. You know, you gotta work with the spoons you have. And sometimes, to go back to the jazz band metaphor, sometimes you're going to have days where playing in a jazz band isn't your thing. Maybe you just got to stay at home and be quiet. You don't have to be a part of every performance. You just, you got to know what is right for you. Be aware of your thoughts. Be aware of your feelings. But also be aware of your discomfort and think about meditate upon you know kind of work through why they're there what purpose they serve because discomfort serves a purpose let's be real and uh whether or not that purpose actually applies to your life now you know so anyways I think I've blathered on like way too much. <laughs> uh, so I hope I hope that my freestyle here uh, gave you some things to think about. Um, I'm just gonna roll with it because new shit has come to light, and I'd like to finish my coffee. So until next time. Oh, oh wait, I'm supposed to promote my socials. Uh, if you want to find me on Facebook or Instagram, you can just search Abiding in Avalon. Um, I don't know if I have a username on Facebook for that Facebook page, um, but on Instagram at abiding in Avalon, easy peasy. Um, if you want to find me on TikTok, it's at Rebecca Thistle, nine, two, three, R-E-B-E-C-C-A-T-H-I-S-T-L-E nine, two, three, Rebecca Thistle, nine, two, three. And, uh, so Yeah. Until next time, remember to fly with the penguins and abide. (laughs) Abide, my dudes. Abide.